It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen. Free on all platforms coming at you Monday through Friday. Make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. We're having a whole bunch of fun here because friend of the program, Raphael Barlow, is back. You've heard him on NBA Big Board. You subscribe to the you subscribe to the newsletter, so you're getting draft insights into your inbox. Raphael, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to uh, to pick your brain on um, on all things all things draft this time of year. Um, one one time, you know, we've been working together for a couple of years, and the Blazers have been in the lottery. One time, we'll just the Blazers will just be deep, deep, deep into the draft, and we won't have to talk about top ten picks. But we're back. We got to talk about top 10 picks. I want to start talking about the number three pick. I want to talk about the Blazers options at 23 and some uh, late second round stuff as well. But you've got you. You were one of the first people I saw that had Brandon Miller ahead of Scoot Henderson on his board. I think that's more common now than it was, but nobody had him before Big Raph. Why do you like Brandon Miller? And let's just talk about let's talk about those two guys who are likely going to be the Blazers choices at three. Man, I got crucified for about 48 straight hours for even thinking that was a possibility. I have a lot of that stuff saved. I don't want to be petty, but, you know, if he ends up going number two, there's a part of me that wants to just hit retweet, retweet. Because, I mean, some of the stuff that people said about me was pretty brutal about that. So, uh, but, you know, it comes with the territory. But what I, I like about Brandon Miller is I'm talking about a guy that's 6'9", that can shoot. I mean, for the majority of the season, he was shooting 40% from three. The numbers dropped to about 38% on seven attempts per game because he had a historically bad second half of the season. But the, the positional size, I think he's going to be a good defender. He'll be able to defend multiple positions. And what I really liked about Brandon Miller coming into the season was he was a guy that could score in the mid-range, mid-post. I think he just has a lot more to his game than he was able to show because Alabama doesn't allow mid-range jumpers or anything like that. And I think he's a very underrated passer. And so I just like the the value that he brings as a scorer, a guy that can, again, play two, maybe play him at the three, maybe even close lineups with him at the four. So I like the versatility there. Do you see him, you know, the, the playmaking, I think, is the is the sort of skill that everyone is is interested in. Can he be a like initiator or is he a bucket? Like, is he just, a, is he a play finisher or can he be a creator? I think he can. I mean, I think, I mean, not necessarily been a primary, but I think like the way the Pelicans use Brandon Ingram at the end of the season okay. this year, I think he can play a similar role. It may not be right away, but I do think that he can be somebody that you can, you know, initiate the offense down the road and be like your, your, your secondary ball handler. And then, you know, if you have a lineup where you have a guy that's like a, a really good undersized scorer, but may not be the the playmaker, I think you can get creative and put, play him next to a guy like that. You, well, let's, let me ask you about this and we'll talk with sort of a blazer fits. What do you like about Scoot? I mean, you have him at three on your big board. It's not like you think he's, it's like you dropped him way down, even if you got crucified a little bit. Um, you know, what have you seen from Scoot in his couple years with the, with the Ignite? Scoot is phenomenal. He's a guy that has big hands and usually like big hands is, is it's an advantage finishing around the rim because it's like controlling 
a grapefruit or whatever, you know, like when you're playing on a Nerf hoop and you just, you can do so much around the rim with it. Um, what, one of the things I, I really like about Scoot is that he's a really, really good athlete, but his game isn't fully based off of athleticism. He's not one of those athletic guards that just has one speed to get to the rack and, and, and no pace. He plays a really good pace. He can get to his pull-ups off the dribble. He's a good playmaker. And unfortunately for, for Scoot, I think that he's being, I want to say penalized, but I think he hurt himself when he really took his foot off the gas in the second half of the season, in the G League season. I think the biggest difference between him and Brandon Miller, in a sense, when you, when everybody brings up how bad Brandon Miller was in the NCAA tournament, I think Brandon Miller's was televised and Scoots wasn't. Right. But he, I mean, he really took his foot off the gas in the second half of the season. He had some some injuries here and there, but he just wasn't playing games. I know I I, I tried to watch him play five times this season, and the only time I saw him was the first game at at the showcase. So I think that is part of the reason why, you know, he ended he could end up falling to number three. And if you know you're Portland and you keep him at number three, and you and he falls to three, then you can feel like, hey, we got a guy that a lot of people thought was one A, one B, just back in October. Let's assume that the Trailblazers are going to keep this pick. Damian Lillard's going to be around. Uh, you know, there's like a lot of buzz here. I've spent like a lot of time. <laughs> I saw your face for those who watch on YouTube. <laughs> I think Raphael's a little skeptical of Damian Lillard's long-term future. We'll talk, we'll touch on that in a moment, but like, let's assume just like no trades, no nonsense. The Blazers are on the clock at three. Who is a better fit for them? And, and, and how much would like sort of the Dame context affect that? Yeah. I mean, if, if honestly, if the Blazers, Stand pat with Dame, which I mean, I'm I'm fine either way. I honestly am. I just think Scoot was the biggest loser the way the lottery results. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I think that the teams that it's crazy because on one hand, a lot of people thought he's a lot to be number two, but if you look at the teams, the only teams that really would have given him like the keys, like clear cut keys to the franchise, is San Antonio. Uh, what, maybe Houston? Maybe, yeah. But other than that, who else? I mean, Detroit has Cade, Charlotte like has Luka the Lillard. Wizards. And the, the Wizards. Wizards. Yeah. yeah, and they would have had to jump up. I mean, they would have had A to lot. jump up what, eight, eight, what, six spots to get six them. Six spots, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a, a weird situation for him that he could fall to number three. But um, I don't know. I, I just don't know if it would be ideal for all three of those guys. And, and I really like Ant Simons. I really yep. like Ant Simons. Ant Simons is a guy that I feel like Portland is lucky to have because if he would have taken a traditional path and like went to college or whatever, he would have been a top 10 pick and right. they were able to get him late. He, he, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, maybe they can try three guards, but who, who comes off the bench? Do, do you tell Ant Simons after the, oh yeah, by the way, we're moving you to the six man again. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Yeah. Oh, that's because we drafted this unproven guy that hasn't played, but, you know, we think he's really good. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's going to be a very, very difficult situation for Portland. So, so it seems like it makes – if Brandon Miller's there, he's just like clearly – I mean, obviously better fit, right? He's just like positional – position-wise – He's a he's like a two three. He could play up. Um, it, it it's it would be ideal um, if 
if you were in in the in the rebuild world, in the rebuild world, say Dame is gone, do you do, would you still lean Brandon Miller if the Blazers have a choice? They don't. Charlotte is going to dictate their choice. They'll pick yeah. who's left. But like, if they had a choice, would you still lean? Um, would you still lean Brandon Miller if the Blazers could do like in in the in the like starting from scratch rebuild scenario? Well, that would be tough. That that would be tough because on one hand, I think Ant can be the point guard. I think he right. could be your point guard of the future. And then if, if that's the case, then, you know, I, I really like a, a Brandon Miller, Shade and Sharp wing combination. Yeah, it's exciting. Got, yeah, you got a phenomenal athlete on one hand and you got a shooter, you got versatility there. Something that, you know, as a Blazers fan, I mean, think about if the Blazers had things that could create their own shot the year they went to the conference finals. Like, you hey, think this is a pro Alfruk Aminu <laughs> podcast, okay? This is a pro Alfruk Aminu podcast. I mean, he shot lights out, but I mean, it was he like, did. you know, it's like, but nobody on that team could attack a, a closeout in a sense, right. as far as the wings. So well, that would be tough. I mean, on one hand, I guess Ant and and Scoot can play together. I think I might <laughs> lean towards Brandon Miller still. I just think that having those two guys on the wing plus Ant, I think that would be like this really athletic you know, combination of, you know, front court and, and wings that can score and shoot and so on. So I think I may lean towards Brandon Miller. Yeah, I, I, I can see. I mean, I think you were the first person that I, you know, big, big sort of like people who are plugged in. You're the first person who was like, Brandon Miller is that guy. Um, I, I, I think mostly people seem to, to, to pitch Scoot as this sort of like foundational piece and Brandon Miller as a high upside all-star, like the, 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 the sort of division between those two descriptors is a little bit odd to me, but I think uh, in general, um, I don't know. The consensus seems to be that Scoot is the guy you build around, but yeah, it, I mean, he was it, crowned it, early. Like he was right. crowned, um, you know, early, like when he was, you know, his first year with with the Ignite, and then I mean, he he did put on a show in Vegas in, in the right. first game with Wimby. I mean, if you just went off that game alone, then I could see why people could say, hey, this is. You know, one B. If you if you get the second pick, then I mean, it's just like winning the lottery. The thing that I thought was a little interesting was, you know, you would hear stuff like, "Well, if this was any other draft, he would go number one." And I debate that. Like, would he have gone over Zion Williamson? No. <laughs> would he have gone over Cade Cunningham? I don't think so. Would he have gone I over Paolo last year? I don't think so. I mean, I'm a big Paolo guy, so I may be biased. Would he have gone over Aiton? I don't even think he would have went over DeAndre Aiton because I well, mean, the Suns, well, he would have know. been second to Luka Doncic in a real draft. But yeah, I hear you. But even with Aiton, like right, right, you know the the whole thing with Sarver and you know University of Arizona. So um, yeah, I just don't that that whole theory that he would have been number one in all these other drafts. Does he go number one over Anthony Edwards? I still don't even think that's a, a shoe in. So. Um, and it's not like anti-Scoot. I mean, Scoot is really, really good. I just felt like he was crowned really, really early. And um, and, and maybe like, it always felt like, obviously, the gap between Brandon Miller and Scoot was not wide at all. But I was I was in the minority back yeah, in Yeah, absolutely. I, I think in general, saying like, this guy would go second in a lot of drafts sounds like a bigger insult this time of year than it should. Right. Like yeah. it's like, yeah, this dude would be the number two prospect in most drafts. It's like people are like, how, how dare you Raphael? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about number 23. Let's talk about some picks in the middle of the, excuse me, the latter stages of the first round. But first I want to tell the listeners about the shorts I'm wearing. They're comfortable. 
They're versatile. They're making my legs look good. I'm out at the park. I'm pushing a stroller around the park. I'm rocking the five-inch inseam. And you know what? I'm looking great. I I like I'm wearing bird dogs because they sent me a couple pairs and I like the way they look. I like the way they make me look too. And plus they're just super, super comfortable. Uh, they've invented this cloud knit fabric, uh, kind of looks like khaki, but it's just way more comfortable and way more versatile. Plus it's got anti-stink sweat wicking technology that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So why don't you go check out some of these shorts yourself? Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. Enter the promo code locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's bird dogs com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. All right. Still chatting here with Raphael Barlow of NBA Big Board. We, you know, I think we know the names at three, whether the Blazers keep the pick or trade the pick. We know who's going to be there. Brandon Miller or Scoot and the Hornets are going to take one of them. And Blazers will have a decision to make from there. Obviously, there's a million permutations that could happen. Who are some names we need to know at 23? The Blazers also have the 23rd pick in the draft that they got from the New York Knicks and the Josh Hart trade. Who are some names you kind of like in that range, Raphael? If Noah Clowney's available, I think he feels a... a uh... A positional need. I mean, Blazers need depth in the front court. They need size. I think he has upside as a shooter. If he's available, that's someone that I that I would target. Maybe even James Naji, a, a big from Barcelona. And uh, I've been on record of calling him like the European slash Nigerian version of Jalen Duran. Even though he's playing in Barcelona, I don't want to like discount his Nigerian roots. And he's the guy that I've had a chance to watch live a few times. And what's interesting about him is he looked better playing on Barcelona's senior team than he did when I watched him play in his age group. In his age group, he was, I mean, bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic than everyone. But they were, like, trying to feed him, give him post touches. And he's, he's not a guy that's going to, you know, impact the game with post touches or whatever. But then – when I saw him play with Barcelona's senior team, even when he was a 17-year-old, just the spacing and when he had a good point guard that knew how to run the pick and rolls, he had a very simplified role where it's just like screen, roll to the rim, catch lobs, rebound, defend. And I think that is going to be his NBA role. I don't right. see him as a guy that's going to have major upside as a scorer, but I, mean, I think he could be like a – you know, I mean, he's built like Jalen Duran. I don't, he's not as skilled, in my opinion, but he could end up being like a Nick Claxton, like a bigger, stronger version of Nick Claxton. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a that very solid player. center. Yeah. 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 Very solid center. Um, so those are two names that, that come to mind. You know, it's hard for me because I think of it as like a Blazers fan. Like anyone yeah. that knows me, I'm a Blazers fan. So I think of it as a Blazers fan and how I would draft and how I would try to fix the team because I think that's the biggest position of need right now. Right. Yeah. They, they just need depth up front. Um, are you someone who believes I, I've kind of um, I, I think like when you get sort of deeper into this draft, like positional need maybe matters more than at the top when I'm like, a just take the best player and figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. Are you someone who's kind of leaned into sort of like, Hey, fit really matters or where do you stand on that? Yeah. I'm a fit guy. Yeah. I'm a fit guy. Cause you can take the best, in my opinion, you can take the best player available but if he doesn't fit, then he's not going to look like the best player available. And I mean, we've seen guys that 
were in the wrong situation and then they go to the second team and and they stand out and they shine. So I think you have and they're to Tyrese Halliburton. What's that? And they're Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that's that's a really good example of a that and it's can't say he didn't fit in Sacramento. He was good there, but on yeah. team two, he's an all-star. And and, right. and he got to actually, spread his wings and yeah, exactly. Yeah. He got to be the best version of himself for sure. Yeah, so and, and I mean the Pacers were really a playoff team until he got hurt in in January or whatever. So that that's that's a great example. You know, I've never thought about that as an example of best player available slash fit. And because I, I usually think of like the guy that was like on his second team like three years down the line on his second contract, but that's that's a really good example. I'm gonna have to steal that one. You know what? It's free. It's free. I'll give it okay. to you. You've given me enough. You've given you given me enough draft insights over the last couple of years. I will. I'll give you the free Tyrese Halliburton example in general. Um, I I sort of I wonder how when you're grading the draft, like how how deep do you think this draft is compared to some recent drafts? And like, you know, I feel like from what I've read, people think, oh, it drops off at fourteen. It drops off. But how how many sort of like do you think into twenty three there's going to be talent on the board? What what are your feelings? Just sort sort of depth of this draft in general. Yeah, I definitely feel like 15 through 30, there's not much of a difference. And I'm not a betting man, but I can bet you that, that there's somebody that's going to be drafted in the teens and they're not going to provide the same value as someone drafted in the 20s. Just because, right. in my opinion, the gap isn't isn't that wide. If there's a guy that the Blazers select at 23, I think they could get the same value as, you know, a team got in the lottery. I mean, we saw it last year with, with Walker Kessler in a redraft, maybe, you know, and, and I mean, there's some people that still feel like some, some guys that didn't have as stronger years will be better long-term, but they got top five value for him, even though they didn't, Utah didn't draft him, but that's a guy that I think people overthought too many people focused on, Oh yeah, he can he defend in space and, and so on overlooked the fact that he was a dominant shot blocker in, in, in college and so on. So it wouldn't surprise me if guys in the, that are selected in the twenties that provide the same value as a lottery pick. So on, on that hand, I do think that this draft is, I think it's deep, but I think it's deep with complimentary guys, guys that can complement a Dame or another superstar as far as like your wings that can shoot the ball. Okay, you mentioned Dame. You made a face earlier in the show. I've waited twenty minutes. I've done it was so more much so about the Scoot, Scoot and Dame combination. I okay, well let's let's go back there then. Let's go back there. You don't think they can play together? Yeah, they can. But I like. I mean, but Ant is there. Like, if there's no Ant Simons, then it's fine. But okay, I mean, what, what did Ant average in the second half of the year? Wasn't it like twenty five points a game or something like that? Yeah, I think it was like twenty three and a half, twenty three point eight or something like that. Like, he's he's darn good. So, so how, just from a being realistic, like how do you, I mean, on the first day of training camp, do you say, Hey, we're making scoot and Dame our backcourt. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you have to, there is no world in which you take and, and throw sharp in there too. Right. Like they want him to play a bunch. It's like, there's no world been, in which you can go in and say, British. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, there's no world in which they can go into camp with four of those guards, right? So it's like something's got. If Scoot is there at three, like if the, if the Hornets go Brandon Miller, and I think at least right now the intel is that their Charlotte is leaning that way. Um, and if you listen to Raphael, is that's the way they should lean because he's the second best player in the draft, right? Like, um, 
but it, but that would leave Scoot there. And it's like, th- then the Blazers get in this position where it's like, okay, how much how much can we lean into players under six foot five being like the cornerstones of the franchise and and, and something's got to give like they just won't be able to go into the into the season with it i think that i think that's that that's unless they tell houston hey you will we'll swap you three for four just give us our prince shingoon <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there's a there's a dream. Do you do you think there's gonna be a bunch of movement? I think like Charlotte has been apparently is interested. What have you sort of heard on that front? Like in that the Charlotte, Portland, uh, Detroit, Indiana. Like, do you think there's gonna be a bunch of movement in the top ten? I do. I've I mean, I've heard that Indiana is not bringing three rookies in because they have three first round picks, so they may be looking to consolidate. I've heard Houston, depending on what happens with Harden. They may be active and wait, Raphael. Are you telling me teams talk to free agents before July 1st? I think they'll have information on what could happen with James Harden prior to the start of free agency. Oh my goodness! I mean, like everybody's you know, I mean, as soon as he opted out of the 35 million dollars, then you knew that there was a possibility. And then you look at it from it's definitely going to be the last big contract of his career. and you know, maybe he wants to just save money on taxes and a no tax state, you know, I mean, so, and then maybe he wants to be the hero in Houston. He's the hero. Right. Anyway, but I've also heard from different agents that have had players work out for Houston in that pick number 20 range. And they're just like, I mean, why are we sending our guy to work out there? Because the last thing the Rockets are probably going to do is bring in another 18 or 19 year old to that locker room, even if they have Harden, they you know they're going to lean towards you know maybe trading that pick to get some veteran help but if they don't then that means they're still really young and they you know we've heard about some of the you know just the issues that they've had there so it's unlikely that they're going to bring in another 18 or 19 year old unless they bring in Chris Murray who's 23 which will make him like the veteran leader of the team as, as a rookie so I think Houston will be active um you know maybe Orlando I mean they have right a lot of young guys. I don't know if bringing two more helps them out. So maybe they can consolidate that. And, um, you know, Orlando's a team that I thought about. Like, you know, if, if they feel like Brandon Miller's going number two, does Orlando offer Portland six and 11? And, you know, maybe a future pick down the line or, you know, I just wonder like what happens there. Yeah, a, a, a trade that we floated on this podcast is three and Yusuf Nurkic for six eleven and Wendell Carter Jr. Um, and it's you get it, it's you know I, what does Orlando want to do? I think is some of the question. But if Scoot is there and that's or or vice versa, like I think you know I think a lot of the Blazers' future is going to be tied on what Charlotte does or what happens at two, and then what deals they have behind it for Dame for the for whatever scenario they go. So much of it is like when they're once that pick is made and they're on the clock, it's like okay, five five minutes for the future. It's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be super fascinating. Uh, I want to ask you about some sleepers. The Blazers have a second round pick. You've you you've been all over the globe. You know, folks who are you are familiar with the second round. So I'm gonna pick your brain about some second round picks in that second in the third segment to close the show. But first, I want to tell my listeners about FanDuel. It's a great time to sign up for FanDuel because new customers right now get a no sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars. So why don't you make a fast break there in the closing games of the NBA Finals? That's two hundred five thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars. 
back at bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, there's no better place to bet on all your NBA playoff action than America's number one sports book. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked in NBA and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com slash locked on NBA. That's fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Did I screw up my intro to the third segment? I did, but through the magic of editing, you won't even know, y'all. Still chatting here with Raph Carlo. Raph, who are some names to know at 43? The Blazers got a, got that mid-second round pick. You are you are the second round whisperer. I mean, I don't know that I don't know that anybody else has has as good a touch on guys who are kind of in that range than you. Who are some names that you like that could be available there? The guy that I really like is Colin Castleton from Florida. He's a big, he's skilled, he can pass, he's he's a really good finisher around the rim. And unfortunately, right when he was really like dominating, he ended up having an injury. I think he broke his broke his wrist or something like that, I believe. But he had a, a strong stretch. I want to say like his last four games or so, he was averaging like 20, 24 points per game. And he's a, a, a really good passer. Like 25 points, nine rebounds over a four-game stretch before he broke his hand in February. Those are really good numbers. He's, yeah. he's a veteran. He's ready to come in and contribute right away. Where I think he helps or he could help Portland at is with his size. He is 6'11". He rebounds, he scores, but he's a really good passer. And, you know, Portland needs size. So the, the big concern about him is, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily a concern. If this were 2003 instead of 2023, he's a top 10 pick. He just hasn't shown the ability to space the floor. And, you know, in today's NBA, if you're big and if you don't space the floor, then people are going to have concerns about you, especially if you're like a, traditional back to the basket center which he is but i think what helps him out and why i have faith in his game is because he's such a good passer he's a guy that if you give him the ball at the elbows he can find cutters and, and so on so that would be like my ideal target for portland at 43 if he's on the board who are some other sleepers to know if, if other than other than sort of the top of your list who are some other guys that that, that you kind of like um that i will have never heard of because i haven't <laughs> been studying it well, I keep talking about big, so I guess I need to get Portland some some help uh, on the wings. But there's another big that I like, and he's he's not too far from the area. Mo Gay from Washington State. Yeah, he worked out high, for them last year, actually, in the draft process. Yeah, he's a high upside guy. I mean, the way he moves, like his fluidity and, and, and so on, is very, very interesting for a guy that size. Like, he really moves like a wing. I think he has high upside, so I think he can help there. Um you know, maybe a guy like Julian Phillips, he's he's a wing, more so of a long-term project, but he's a wing defender. Jordan Walsh could be available in that range. Six, six Recent guest like, on NBA Big Board, Jordan Walsh there. Yep, yep, had him on, and I've known Jordan since he was in high school. 6'6", six, 7'2", six, wingspan. Um, you know, right now he projects to be a 3 and D guy, but has a ways to go before he's a consistent three-point shooter. But he does have some ability to put the ball on the floor. If they're looking for just a pure score, Amani Bates. I mean, the one yep. thing that Amani can do is, is, is fill it up. Um, that's, I mean, those are the guys that I think could be available in that range. Maybe Jalen Clark from UCLA was a really, really good defender. 
And I, I see him as this guy that is going to stick in the NBA for a while. He's going to be someone that I believe is going to outperform where he's projected to go, outperform his draft position just because he is an active defender. And if he can just develop, you know, a, a three-point shot or just consistency there, I think that he can stick. Because, I mean, right now teams need wing defenders, and I think that could be his role for him. Yeah, I think – um, I guess in general, sort of what are like, when you're, when you're talking about 43, what are like reasonable outcomes, right? Like, are you looking for in your minds, like when you're, when you're going through your grades, right? Like, are you saying like, I like this guy at 43 because he has a chance to stick in the league or are you like, you know, in terms of expectations, are you going, you know, high end, this guy makes it in as a starter, or are you saying like, Hey, 23 years old, this guy can contribute. Let's like hit the low floor. How do you sort of approach those picks in, in sort of your perfect world? The perfect world is Nikola Jokic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get in the second round during a commercial and he ends up being a two-time MVP. That's the best that's basketball the, player in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's the perfect scenario. Now at this point, you, you got to think about, can this guy stick? Can he, can he stick around? And that's why I really like Castleton. I think he can stick. I think he can, play for Portland right now just because of his size and his skill set and he's a little older not by much but he's experienced he's not like a 19 year old that you know maybe right. a couple yeah. years away and so I, I me personally I look for a guy that can this guy make the team and can he help us now and, and is he gonna stick so I think with a, a second round pick in the 40s I may go with someone that I think is safe but I heard a, a really good analogy recently and Someone told me that how it works a lot of times is the general manager in the front office picks the first round pick. And then in the second round, the coach picks the guy in the second round that he thinks can come in and contribute right away. And so from that standpoint, I look at, you know, Colin Castleton or somebody that's a little bit older that, that is ready to, to help. Right. That, you know, could like, Hey, if we need, seven good minutes in the third quarter because of foul trouble like we can trust this guy as opposed yeah. to if we need seven good minutes in march he'll be ready by then type of thing yeah uh it's it, it, the blazers have three picks i'm gonna get you out of here on this the blazers have three picks what do you mm -hmm. think the chances that they make all three selections on draft night are um yeah they'll make all three <laughs> wow yeah, I think I think they'll make all three. I think Portland is a team, unless there's something I, like I, and I'm pretty sure you have, and, and your followers have thought about like all these wild scenarios of, of what could happen. Like, what yeah. can you get for for the third pick? Like, is there a superstar? I've thought about Bradley Bill. I've thought about Jalen Brown and something. But I mean, I think about like that Bill and Lillard backcourt would be like a hundred million dollars yeah. combined, like what two years from now or something like that. Um, but I, I think I think they keep all three picks, and I mean they're having a new G League team, so I think they're gonna use that to really develop some guys. So I think maybe one of the second round picks. I'm sorry, the one second round pick may be someone that they think can kind of help them now. And then maybe the second pick in the first round could be like a developmental guy that they're really just focusing on developing. If they take, if they make three picks, 
I think that's the rebuild. If they make all three, I think that is, uh, I think that's the end of letter O. So if you're rooting for Dame to stick around, um, you, one of these has to be on the move. But I mean, we'll we'll see. I think that's kind of the fascinating part, right? Is like they are set up to go either direction, and three is going to be like potentially an all-star right like it's they've got um they got fun decisions to make uh rafael if people are looking for more of you where can they find you yeah you can find me on the locked on nba big board podcast it's five days a week i've been talking about these guys since august so yeah. <laughs> um I, I feel like i have a good handle on the draft i'm actually looking forward to 2024 draft just because there's some new guys to talk about and and so on but five days a week and then i have the nba big board newsletter which um you know it's just draft intel mock drafts big boards and so on and and um yeah just if you like draft content you can find draft content with me at least seven or eight times a week so i'm pretty active in this in this draft space Raphael's one of the best doing it if you want to learn more about the draft go follow his stuff come back next week we're going to do more shows it's what we do five days a week available wherever you get podcasts tell your friends about the show come back. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.